Welcome to the Hot Content Marketing Podcast, here to provide you with tips, tricks, inspiration, and advice on how to market your business online. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner, this is the place for you, as I chat to each of our expert guests about what's working right now. Hello, Mike Morrison. We are finally live on Facebook. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm kind of trying to ease out of that tech panic. I think we both had a couple of little tech nightmares there, but we are here. We are here. It remains to be seen for how long before something goes wrong, but hopefully we're all right now. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Brilliant. So we are going to jump right in and we're going to talk about um, all things niching down, really, um, because you have got an amazing niche, let's face it. Um, first of all, do you just want to tell people just briefly who you are, what you do, and yeah. what your niche is, basically, before we jump? jump into how you did it yeah sure so i'm mike morrison i'm one half of the membership guys along with my uh, business partner overall life partner i suppose if that doesn't sound a little bit weird um and oh. some some might say the better half of the membership guys Callie willows um <laughs> together we help teach people how to plan build and grow as well as run day to day online membership sites and uh, we do that through our podcast through our blog through our book and through of course our own membership about memberships member site academy and that's that's all we do we eat sleep live breathe membership websites and it's uh, yeah it's a lot of fun for geeks and nerds like we are yeah so you essentially don't you have um, a membership based around membership yes it's um, very it's very meta it's very inception we've got a membership about membership that just so happens to also include a course about courses so we're kind of going for that multi-layered <laughs> <laughs> meta kind of thing i love it um but it wasn't always like that was it so how did you everybody dreams about finding their niche don't, don't they we're all told that we need to have that niche but it's not always that easy, is it, to, to hmm. just kind of wake up. This is what I want to specialize in. This is my niche. How did it kind of come about for you? Um, it was a little bit organic in terms of, you know, I've been um, in this space for the best part of two decades. Um, initially, as kind of something I did on the side. It took me a little longer than I care to admit in the early 2000s, late 90s, to realize that this world was the one in which you could run a legit business. It wasn't just something you did as a hobby, you did on the side. So um, I've, I've kind of been around this space for almost 20 years now, just to age myself. And mm -hmm. running, a, running a business, running an online marketing agency for, gosh, 11, 12 years now. So initially, um, we weren't niched, you know, or I wasn't, sorry, it's... Mm -hmm. it, it was something I just ran. I only started working with Callie about six or seven years ago. It wasn't niche. It was broad. So we were online marketing, graphic design, web development, not even just online marketing. That's how unniche it was. It was any type of marketing with a, a leaning mm. towards online. And just as the years mm. progressed and I became more comfortable in running a business and more confident um, in getting out of that position that I think a lot of us find ourselves in when we first start a business where 
you kind of feel almost subservient to your clients or you're almost made to feel like, mm. you know, if, if someone is gracious enough to pay you for your services, then you're lucky. You should be thankful. Yeah. So um, after kind of get, finding my feet in business, then I started to become a little more purposeful about the type of projects that I'd work on, the type of people I would work with. And over time, and with the addition of, of Cali, um, when we officially went into business together, that focus and that that more driven purpose in terms of the sort of projects we're working on just became narrower and narrower and narrower. And in the end, memberships were always the type of uh, businesses we enjoyed the most because they're so multifaceted, they're so varied, they encompass so many things. They tick the tech mm. box for me, they tick the marketing box, they're just business it's a business model we absolutely love and the the people that we were working with that we were helping with their memberships they were our best clients like we they were the coolest people they were always so interesting because they were experts in such a variety of fields you know we had yoga mm. instructors through to bass guitar teachers through to cake makers through to marketers and they were always really switched on really cool to work with and it was always a lot of fun so yeah we we just got narrower and narrower and narrower in our focus to the point where memberships were all that we were doing and we decided okay we need to kind of crap or get off the pot here we need to make the decision oh, do you know what? i only heard that that's so funny that you would just say that because yeah. i only heard that this weekend at a wedding <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that's that's new favorite phrase. yeah yeah <laughs> That's, that's what we had to do. You know, we made the decision, okay, do we stay as an agency and then just turn away the projects you don't like or do we just go completely all in on memberships? And we made the, the choice to do the latter. So for you, yeah, so it was kind it, of yeah. like, yeah, so you were just there at the time uh, sort of involved in the, the world of online marketing, but memberships kind of exploded, didn't they? Um, um, the whole membership model. Sort of, it kind of, you know, memberships have been, um, they, they've, in terms of popularity, in terms of them being the latest flavor of the month bandwagon, I've seen that bandwagon pass by three or four times now. So it was never mm -hmm. a case of capitalizing on a trend. In fact, when we decided mm. that we were doubling down on that, it could be said that actually fewer people were talking about memberships back then. And you know, part of the reason we decided to really push things out and move away from being an agency that specialized in memberships, which is what we we'd evolved into, into being experts and authorities teaching people about memberships as opposed to just doing the work for them. That was in response to the fact that at that point, there was no good place to go for info and advice on memberships. So we were at a point we were very fortunate to to enjoy success with our agency to the point where we were oversubscribed you know we couldn't take on any more clients mm -hmm. and we weren't cheap honestly we weren't cheap because of our body of experience and our skill set and all that stuff and so we were having to turn away more and more people who were contacting us and maybe they were saying you know i want to work with you but you know we're not available or I want to work with you. I just don't have the budget, but could you just like point me in the right direction? Mm. Could you just answer this question? Could you give me a little bit of advice? And we always try to be as helpful as we can, but obviously, you know, when you're, you're billing clients, you can't then give up hours of your time 
in free one-on-one back and forth via email. It's just not fair on your clients. Mm. So we kind of sat out and thought, okay, let's find somewhere we can send these people. Like there's got to be a good course or a good blog or a podcast out there where anytime we get that kind of email where we can't help that person ourselves, we can say, you know what? Unfortunately, we can't help. We can't answer that right now, but go check out this guy's blog because it will tell you everything you need to know about memberships or go subscribe to this course or go join this membership. That's where you need to be. We couldn't find anything. There was, there was stuff that existed, but it was all so old school, over the top, cheesy, scammy, sleazy internet marketing, snake oil nonsense. And we just didn't feel comfortable sending people off to, to that type of thing. Um, And so again, decision time crap or get off the pot <laughs> we can either mm-hmm. we can either just close ranks and if someone emails us asking for help or for a question we just say no sorry you're on your own or we become that go-to resource we create um a podcast we create blogs we set up a membership for these people where we can help more people without it compromising obviously our ability to serve our clients and yeah we chose the latter planted our flag in the sand start the blog start the podcast three months later launched the membership and it just kind of took over um we expect sorry i was going to say about we expected maybe 12 to 18 months into the membership we might need to start thinking about phasing out our one-on-one client work that happened so much quicker than we anticipated like five months in we were like okay we can't work with clients anymore the membership is is our thing now it's it's it had grown far beyond our expectations and so now almost niche within a niche you know we're niched in terms of being specialists in membership sites we're kind of niched within that because it's certain it's it's really only certain types of memberships memberships like you and i understand them where it's mainly content and community but we don't do anything with like you know, like associations and stuff like that, um, like offline memberships. We don't do much with them. And then niched even further still in that we we only, um, for you know, we, we only serve people through our membership. We don't also take on clients and also have courses and also have a million and one other things. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride and, and kind of, Again, it's just narrowing up that focus, and it's been entirely in response to people asking us for stuff. You know, it's responding Definitely. to demand. Yeah. So obviously, it's it's you know it's worked out really really well. Um, what what would how would you sort of sum up um, what having this really nailed down niche has done for you? How how does it make your life easier? How does it make life easier for your clients? Um, it makes it easy because it, it, it kind of cuts through a lot of the, the preamble when, um, you know, when someone's looking at the work you're putting out there. There's no doubt when you come to our website what we specialize in. So you don't have mm. to click through a bunch of blogs and filter down to categories of blog posts or read through a big long list of services and products and whatever. We are very blatant. This is literally what we do. This is all that we do. So that's such such a, a good qualifier, you know, because it's not just, okay, This here's this person who knows how to market and grow businesses. We eliminate 
a huge percentage of people who might have an interest in that skill set because of how mm-hmm. niche the application of, of that stuff is. Um, so in that sense, in terms of it just being absolutely crystal clear who we are, what we do, and who we work with and how we work with them, that solves, you know, that, that just cuts out so many of the elements that used to be part and parcel of, of what we did. Um, yeah. it, it makes it so much easier to create content. You know, when it comes to niching down, never underestimate the value of 4X. So for whatever. So how many blogs are there out there about um, Facebook ads compared to how many articles there are on Facebook ads for memberships, for accountants, for copywriters, for something is just a yeah. godsend when it comes to content creation because yeah. you can essentially address the the same tactics, the same strategies, the same principles, the same key points, but just having that application, just having that bit of targeting helps you to create content that is genuinely, truly unique. There's so many subjects within what we do that we are the only person who has ever created a piece of content about that specific topic because yeah. of the four membership owners modifier. And yeah. there's not a lot of situations in which you can, in which you can ordinarily do that. So yeah, that just makes our life so much easier. And it's, it's just such a, uh, an easy barometer for um, anything else we're doing in our business. Like, if we see a if we see a new tactic, a new trend that's that's gaining momentum, if that doesn't make sense in terms of something we can do for our very specific market within the context of our very specific product, then it's so easy to just say, yeah, it's not something I need to worry about because it just doesn't enter mm-hmm. that scope, that laser focus. So yeah, um, yeah it simplifies simplifies everything. Just definitely, so I'm always yeah really envious. Like you say, from a content creation point of view, mm. just knowing that you can just focus on content, like you say, for you know yeah. whoever it is you're um, you're targeting, it's amazing. So exactly before we sort of move on to the membership side of things, I just want to finishing up finishing up on the the niching area of things first. But what advice would you give to to people, I guess, who aren't as far down there? their journey of finding a niche and probably have come to the realization that they need to find one to really stand out and to really be successful but aren't quite sure where that niche should be for you is it just um like an organic process just a case of in in some ways yeah yeah I mean if you sit if you're sitting down and thinking okay what niche what niche should I target then you're probably not ready you know, you should yeah. you should have an idea already in terms of the type of people you like to work with. So with niching, generally you're mm-hmm. going to niche by what you do, who you do it for, and how you do it. And a niche doesn't have to be a, a, a segment of a market. A niche can just be, um, you know, it can be your your market can be broad. It can be for everyone, but your niche can be being the only membership website that caters to this broad audience. It doesn't have to be a, no, a narrow audience. Or you could be the only person who um, has a course on a topic that other people would normally just teach in a workshop or teach one-on-one or something like that. So 
who you do, how you, uh, who, yeah, <laughs> how, what you do, how you do it, <laughs> and who you do it for. Um, where you do it is, yeah, where you do it is in itself a little bit of a niche, but it's not a great one. Um, how you do it, again, isn't really that good of a niche because it's easy to imitate. Usually it is going to be, you know, the, the specific market that you do it for. But again, if you if you know you're going to be combining a couple of those things, if you know that the end goal is to have an online course for accountants to help them with their marketing, then focus on just one piece of that puzzle first. So, you know, start refining your list of services that maybe they might include, um, they, they might include Facebook ads, they might include design, they might include VA support, admin support. Start by narrowing the services part of it, the what you do to the marketing. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you start narrowing it down so that you're just doing marketing for accountants and then the next stage of that is doing the online course that teaches marketing to accountants. So, you know, so you're, you're kind of tweaking one knob at a time to just fine tune it um, so that it, the next stage of for narrowing down that niche becomes a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier. So, yeah, it, it's a bit of a gradual process. You can kind of make that snap, okay, one day I'm all things to all people, tomorrow I'm this real specific thing to these real specific guys, that's just going to be a bit of a whiplash effect. That's probably going to give you the worst of both worlds because your your money, your work, your projects are going to dry up while you're trying to build momentum with this really tight niche. But you can start doing the niche stuff as a side thing. You know, you mm -hmm. can, like if you've got a web agency and I talk about web agency just because it's the most relatable to me, you know, what we started doing is we we kind of, productized in a way our services so rather than it just being here's a big list of stuff we can do contact us for a bespoke quote we the first and most simple step is okay these are three types of projects we can help you with e-commerce um kind of i think it was just a general business we called it something i think it was business startup or something fancy and then membership sites so we just kind of ring fenced and just put that little bit more structure and a little bit more purpose around catering a specific part of what we did just to the niche audience we were going for. And then that meant the next step was a little bit more of an organic transition. So we narrowed down again. We were only doing e-commerce and memberships. And then we set up a, almost a sub-brand of what we did, membersites.co.uk, which was just about selling fixed priced web development and online marketing uh, retainers to membership site owners. And then that sub brand became the main thing. So you know, it's just those little incremental steps. Um, so it is an organic process, but it needs to have a little bit of intent behind it. And for that, you kind of need to know what the end goal is. Yeah. I don't know how like useful, say... yeah, I don't know how useful <laughs> that is. Um, I think, People like the idea of just being able to say, actually, no, no, I just want to, can I not just tomorrow just be the fantasy yeah. person? Can I not just be the whatever person? So like, you can, but test the waters no, and bring into it. You've answered a, a genuine question of mine, which, yeah, was, does there have to be an overlap period? And, and mm. yeah, like you say, um, at least if people know that they need to expect that there will be that period. 
and yeah. you know it might be shorter than you think it might be longer than you think so yeah no that that's a really valid point actually it's a really good point so um membership sites obviously they've, they've been around for a while now so um obviously by the way things are going with the member site academy it's showing no sign of, of slowing down do you think um you sort of touched upon it being you know so not necessarily an explosion do you think this sort of trend is going to continue with membership sites um yes but that's because i don't see it as a trend i generally don't um as i said you know every now and then there is an upswell of interest in a particular topic but it's it's kind of like when you you buy a red car so you buy this beautiful shiny new or looks new red car and then you take it out for the drive the first time and it just seems like everybody on the road has a red car right i think you notice it more depending on how aware you are of it and how involved you are in mm -hmm. in a space that's talking about it so you know within sort of the sort of circles we run in then yeah there's been a lot more discussion about memberships in the last two or three years than maybe there was in the two or three years prior but go back five or six years in a in a different context a different circle of people and they would say the same thing so it's all very much contextual i don't really see it as the trend it's a business model that's all it is yeah you know yeah. some people dress it up as being more than that it's just a way of doing business in exactly the same way that selling a course or running workshops or um servicing clients one-on-one -on -one. it's just a business model so there'll always be people mm -hmm. who try and dress it up as you know this amazing new tactic that everyone should be getting onto that's just a business model like you you apply the same thought process mm. over over the suitability of that model as you would over the suitability of um doing a live event or the suitability of um yeah working with clients and, and doing retainers and stuff like that it's exactly the same thing it's it's no more no less it just happens to be a really cool business model uh if you talk to people like me and yeah. I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't see that changing. I think, if anything, it's going to become more and more prevalent, um, simply because the the technology is more easily accessible. Um, the yeah. demand for on demand learning, e learning, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, yeah, I don't see it it going away. Um, what I wish would go away would be the people who come along and say, "Hey." If you haven't got a membership site and you don't start a membership site in the next three years, your business will die. No, it won't. It just won't. Anyway. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. not get the soapbox out. <laughs> you started on that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so obviously there are a lot of people out there who want to start a membership site because for a lot of us, it, you know, this sort of recurring income um, you know, model it seems like the dream the ultimate end goal um but obviously i mean i've heard you talk about it before i know it's not it's not always that straightforward and it's not necessarily for everybody in every type of business is would you say that's right what what would you yeah. say people operations really for everybody thinking about it um yeah i mean so a lot of people get seduced into the membership model by this notion of passive income and recurring revenue now recurring revenue is fantastic you know if you're um if you're selling a one of product if you're working with a client you're always starting from zero like when when the product is bought and you've yeah. had that money great but then unless you get more sales you're back at zero 
with a, a client who's paying you for a project, when that work's done, you're back at zero. Great thing about recurring revenue is that you're building this base that is consistent, that is a lot more stable. So if you have a bad month for sales in your membership, then that doesn't mean you're at zero. It just means you don't go up in terms of your, your base of month-to-month -month revenue. So you have a much more stable business. There's a lot more cliff to walk back on. If things start going wrong, it's a lot less pressured. So that, for me, from a pure business um, perspective, without any hype, without any gimmickry, that stability and predictability and reliability is without question, one of the, the biggest assets of, of the membership model. But it still takes work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still a business. You still have to work at it. You have to have a product that people want to pay for month after month, year after year. And that requires you to actually show up. So if you think it's a set it and forget it kind of thing, it's not. It's, it's a business. You mm -hmm. have to be answering questions in a community, creating fresh content, replying to support requests, it's it's an ongoing commitment. So I would say, if you're thinking of a membership model, you have to first of all decide how committed you are to this. If the, if the concept, if the idea that in five years time, 10 years time, your job, all you have to do day in, day out, is talk about this topic, create content about this topic, answer questions about this topic. If the thought of that, is like hell. If that sounds like the worst thing in the world, do not start a membership. If that sounds like just fantastic, I would. How amazing would it be to or like to get paid for just like talking about something I'm interested in anyway, and writing blogs and creating courses and surrounding myself with people who love this subject as much as me? That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Then that's probably a good sign that commitment level is the number one most important thing because you are getting commitment from your members. If you're not giving that commitment back, if someone signs up for a year with you and two months down the line, you think, you know what? I'm bored. I'm so bored of this. I'm pulling the plug. Then you're screwing over people who've given you their commitment. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a relationship. It's like getting married to somebody <laughs> that you know, you're not really that interested in that you can't imagine wanting to be around in a few months time but then getting married to them anyway it's mm -hmm. like that that really sucks for the other person who's gone into this wanting to stick around long term it's a terrible analogy but hopefully it makes sense <laughs> um, so <Okay. laughs> yeah that, that it's it, you've got to decide how committed you are to it first and foremost yeah. i would say yeah. I think that's a really good test isn't it is it something that you are prepared to talk about and um i'm just laughing at mark asquith's comment there oh god is asquith on it harry uh, baller <laughs> um yeah i love that test of is it something that you're going to want to talk about and is it something that you are going to want to ask answer questions about you know yeah. over and over again in years time it's a really good test but you see i've i've never really thought i know a lot of people um think of memberships as being revenue and not not easy but hmm. i sort of see it as the opposite because having been part of over over time three different seen how much work goes into them and actually yeah. being 
completely overwhelmed at the prospect of ever having one myself because of how could you use that amount of content and and yeah. you know maintain that level of value that they give it's incredible isn't it it's a huge amount of work definitely definitely and definitely. i i i think you know it's a very valid um concern and it's good i think if you're if you're on the fence about starting a membership join a membership because as you said you will yeah. see you will see firsthand the the end result so you will yeah. uh, anyone who's in the membership game should join multiple memberships anyway because that helps inspire you it helps you learn what to do what not to do and all of that but you know you will know in joining a membership how you feel as a member in relation to what the owner of that membership site does so yeah. if you feel good about being in a membership then look at what that membership owner does on a day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month basis in order to deliver that feeling to get you those results to keep you as a member mm. and then of course think about whether you'd be able to do that now i'll caveat this in saying that one of the best things about it's not just memberships about any kind of business you are the one in control you get to set the terms you get to set the boundaries set the expectations if you don't want to create a piece of content every single week don't set up a membership where you promise a piece of content every single week because if you're if you're not creating and delivering new regular content as long as you're clear about that as long as you're not misleading people into thinking they're going to get that then if someone signs up they don't have that expectation and so you don't have an obligation to deliver something that hasn't ever been promised or was never on the table so mm. you get to decide the the level of delivery the type of content that you're going to offer whether it's going to be courses whether it's going to be a live call every week every fortnight every month once a quarter you get to set those parameters and as long as you communicate that clearly you're only going to attract people who are okay with those parameters so if you want a fairly low touch membership create a low touch membership promote it as a low touch membership um because yeah you know nobody's handing out prizes for the membership with the most stuff so you know it, right it's, that it's... that really leads me on to a question that's been burning <laughs> in me to ask you and that is um yeah because i i feel really overwhelmed by the amount of content that the memberships that i've been part of that they put out there and provide within the within the membership hmm necessarily have to have huge amounts it's just a case of making sure that everyone's expectations are set at the right yeah. level it's managing expectations mm -hmm. and you know remembering yes you're there to serve members yes you know these are your people but also you're in charge you're in control and if you burn yourself out ultimately you're doing a disservice to your members so it's in their benefit for you not to be grinding out content and doing a live call every two or three days and stuff like that. Because if you lose, everyone loses. So it needs to be manageable. Yeah. It needs to be manageable. And the most important thing is not confusing content with value. It's, it's, uh, it mirrors the whole quality versus quantity um, thing because actually too much stuff coming out too often is going to overwhelm your members because they're not going to know what they should focus on, what's important. And you're just, 
you know, turning on the water hose and hoping that someone manages to to gulp something down before they get knocked over. Like there is value in not overdoing it on the content and not overdoing it on stuff. So it really comes back to remembering that a membership isn't just about providing loads of stuff, unless you're Netflix, in which case you better damn well put lots of stuff in my library. Yeah. But even then, like think <laughs> think of think of what is what life is like now, trying to decide what to watch. Back in the days in the UK, we had mm. we had four channels. My my back in the day is four TV channels. Some people's are like one, some people's are not. But my back in the day is four TV channels. So much easier to decide what to watch back then than it is now with six, seven hundred channels on Sky and a massive library of stuff on Netflix and Amazon Prime. I, I mean, I should stop subscribing to all these things or just stop whinging about it but you know it's it's overwhelming right and that doesn't mean that i hate netflix and sky and all them for giving me those choices but it does definitely increase the friction when it comes to actually doing the thing i want to do so yeah don't get confused with the content versus value thing if you can help someone solve the biggest problem they join your membership to solve with a five-minute video don't arbitrarily stretch that out into an eight-week, 20-hour-long course just because you feel you need to do that to justify them paying for your membership. Get them mm-hmm. to where they want to go as quickly as you can because people don't join memberships for the stuff. They join for the transformation. They join for results. They've got a goal they want to reach or uh, just an interested one have indulged with like-minded people. So everything you need to do is in service of that. People aren't joining a content machine, a content factory. Um, so, yeah, that's key to keep in mind when it comes to deciding how you're going to run your membership. Do you think that there's um, a price issue in there as well? Do you think that some people feel that they have to do more, 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 more because they're not confident with their pricing? Yeah, definitely. Either not confident with their pricing. It's not always just pricing, but pricing is is certainly a common one where you know they feel, okay, I'm charging $50 a month. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's more expensive than Netflix. It's five times more expensive than Netflix. So I need to deliver five times as much value. No, you don't. Uh, You really, really don't. Um, so some, it's not always with pricing, but it is usually with confidence, a lack of confidence in, um, the perceived value of what they offer versus the perceived value of what a, a competitor offers, a lack of confidence in, them their positioning as an expert or as an authority you know sometimes the notion Mm. even even for for us been doing this a long time but sometimes the notion that you know we've got like 15 1600 people paying us 50 dollars a month paying us 50 dollars a month like what like are you sure like do you know what i mean that it always creeps into everybody um you just i think you just get better at quieting down that little uh that little voice but yeah confidence is usually is usually the thing yeah definitely um and i suppose another key question for me would be um for people who do want to set up a membership site and i know that you're going to say there's no no one clear answer for this Mm -hmm. um my 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 catchphrase is it depends unfortunately yeah i want you to give me the answer come on come on mike so how big an audience do you have to have? You know what, I, th- yeah, it depends. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I think a good rule of thumb, 500. 
if you've got 500 people on either your email list or a Facebook group. Twitter followers, forget right. it. YouTube subscribers, forget it. Blog visitors, they're not your audience. Your audience are people who've taken an additional step, even just one step, to deliberately engage with you on a, a closer level. So for me, that means they've joined your Facebook group or they've subscribed to your email list. In a way, that's targeted. You know, you haven't just got them on your list because you were doing a competition to win an iPad. But, you know, 500 people, I think, gives you a good starting point because if they're a qualified audience and if what you're bringing to market has that problem-solution alignment, it's not an unrealistic expectation that you would get 10% of those people to join a brand-new membership. You know, you bring something new to market, there's a lot of buzz, there's a lot of excitement. You should be able to convert 5 to 10% of an engaged audience. That gives you 50 people in your membership month one. That's a great, great starting point. Because 50 people are $50 a month, then that's two and a half grand. And for a lot of people, two and a half grand is enough money for you to be able to say, okay, I can, I can afford to prioritize this. I can afford to make mm. this one of the main things that I work on. Now, for some people, two and a half thousand is not going to touch the, the sides of their bills. For other people, it's more money than they're currently making in their business. So 50 people gives you enough of a financial um, coverage for you to be able to actually dedicate some serious time to making this work. It gives you enough people in your community for conversations to start, for social mm -hmm. proof to start coming through, for word of mouth to kick in, for new members to join and not think, oh, wow, this is a ghost town. And it gives you a good, mm. you know, it gives you that good launching point. So, yeah, you know, if you're, if, if you're in an industry where there's a million and one identical memberships, then you're probably going to need more than 500 people because fewer will convert. Mm -hmm. If you're the foremost expert on something and people have been begging you for a membership, you probably don't need as many people to get that 50 initial influx of members. But, you know, our membership, I think for our launch, we like we started from scratch. We kind of threw out our list um, when we made the transition from agency to blogging, podcasting, and so on. So we started from zero because that list was qualified for web design and client services. It wasn't really qualified for what we were doing. And we gave ourselves a three-month on-ramp before we launched the Academy. We launched it with about 400 people on our email list. And I think in our first month, we got like 90 people signed up. And now we're at like 16, 1700. So doesn't need to be ridiculous. It's more about the problem, solution, fit. Are you actually creating something people need and want? And you know how qualified, how targeted are your audience? So uh, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with that answer. Good. I, that, that was a solid answer. <laughs> I genuinely thought it would be very much. <laughs> I mean, it is. I'm you know, very you, happy. You, you know, so I give that initial answer and then spend like five minutes putting caveats and disclaimers on it so that no, <laughs> so nobody messes with me in like a week's time say hey dude you said if i had 500 yeah. people i get 50 people signed up and i only got 49 what the hell so yeah to <laughs> cover my back a bit 
I love it. Oh God, and there's just two final little questions that I, I need to squeeze in. And one is Do about it. if you think you might be ready to start a membership, but you're not sure, there are ways you can test. I've listened to one of your podcast episodes on this. And I know only that- one. You've only listened to one of my podcasts. <laughs> one on this. One on this stick is what I meant. Okay. And okay. I know that the initials are MPV, but I can't remember what it stands for. It's minimum MVP, MVP. yeah. MVP, minimum viable product. So it's um, yeah, it's just creating something that verifies that there's an interest and a desire and a demand for what your membership will ultimately uh, be. So the, uh, the there's all sorts of different things you can do, but in my eyes, the best way to validate an idea is get somebody to put their hand in their pocket and give you money for something mm-hmm relatively similar to your membership not similar in terms of um how it functions in terms of it being a website to subscribe to but similar in terms of the type of problem it solves and the level to which it solves that problem so getting somebody to um pay you for a um i know for a a three-month long retainer where you are embedded in their business for six months is not in any way validation that that person or that people will join a membership but getting someone to pay fifty dollars to come along to mm-hmm. a, a three-hour practical workshop in which you're going to be teaching a very specific topic that is kind of the sort of topic you would have in your membership that's more of a validation mm-hmm. Similar price point, similar modality in terms of how you're teaching. Um, and, you know, it verifies that a problem exists, that your solution is aligned to it, that there are people out there willing to pay for that solution to that problem. And finally, this is a part that people overlook. Even with all three things, a valid problem, a viable solution, and a buying market, the fourth most important thing is your ability as a marketer, as a business person, to actually reach those people and compel them to buy. Because you could have the best product in the Mm -hmm. world that addresses the biggest pain point in your audience, and it could be an audience who won't even think twice about throwing money at that solution. But if you suck as a marketer to make those things happen, it's not going to happen. So that's, you need to be able to validate that all four of these uh, elements work. And yeah, best way of doing it is getting someone to pay for something. Yeah, so could it be an online course, for example? Absolutely, absolutely. But I would say you want the price points to be near enough to what your membership's gonna be. So if you sell a $2,000 course, then it's a it's a great sign that there's money in your audience, there's money in your topic, there's money in solving those problems. But also what it could suggest is that people want to pay for a premium solution. And actually, if you then come out with a $50 call, a $50 a month membership, maybe they'll see that as too low touch, as too budget. Do you know what I mean? So you want to get the mm-hmm. price points fairly similar. So I know it's a $200 course, a 200 pound course, I think is comparable to a $50 a month membership. You know, it's the equivalent to four months of being a member. So yeah, a course can do it. Uh, I don't, does anyone even like sell eBooks anymore? I don't know, but you know, an like a download or something. Yeah. Thinking, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like webinars, you know, um, you see people like Chris Brogan, for example, um, 
charges for some of the webinars that he does. And it's, mm. you know, it's a $40, $50 um, fee for that. Or you can do a series of, you know, we're going to do three live workshops and to enroll on this, it'll cost you 50 bucks. Come and do that. That's a good, you know, it's, it's, it's another good thing. Or over the next quarter, we're going to do this series where it's one live workshop a, a month with some downloads and some homework and stuff like that. And it'll cost you 50, 60, $70, like that sort of thing. So it's, it's close to the same kind of ballpark and as close to the same type of parameters as your membership's going to have. The closer it gets, the more reliable it is as, as a method of validating that your, your membership could have legs. Yeah. Brilliant. That's great. And um, finally, community. I mean, every membership I've been a part of has had a community aspect to it where you get mm. to know whether it's on a Facebook group or an online forum. Um, you get to know other members. Does it necessarily, I think some people feel overwhelmed about running a community as part of a membership site. Mm. Does that have to be part of it? Do membership sites in that community element? Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. um, I don't think Netflix has a forum. Um, and again, okay. Netflix is a bad comparison, but actually in some ways it's not, you know, they are, um, you know, if you've got a membership where you are essentially just going to provide a very functional role. So, you know, you're going to sell basically resources, tools where people are just going to turn up. They just need to download what they need to download. They've got no interest in chatting about it. They just want the stuff. Then they're totally viable. One of our long-term members, a guy called Mark Warner, runs um, a membership called Teaching Packs. And he basically sells packs of learning materials to teachers. Um, it's, I think it's like primary school teachers. So they're essentially downloads, worksheets, printables that teachers will have. They don't need to chat about it. They don't need a Facebook group or a forum. They just need the stuff. It's a purely functional resource-based membership. This membership's got like 10,000 members. It's mega successful. There's no community. So, yeah, it's it's totally valuable. But, it it again, it's it's in the same, as, the same vein as what we were talking about with the content. It's less about the, the, the method and the modality and the format. It's more about getting people to that end result. So... If your members really would benefit from having the ability to be um, interacting with each other, to hold each other accountable, to get support from each other, if that actually, if you know that that's a really valuable part of their journey, then you really should provide some form of community for them to do that. You can decide to not be involved in that community at all. You know, it can be a purely user-led um, community, but really the community side is fairly easy. You show up for 30 minutes a day and just make sure that you're keeping things flowing along, keeping conversations going. You know, it doesn't have to take over your life. Again, you can set the, the expectations and the boundaries. You can control it. So, um, yeah, community can be so valuable in memberships, but it does, it, it does depend on the context, you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be too much work. Um, it doesn't have to be a community that has like 50 different sections to it. It can be somewhere that's just got, you know, one section for general yeah. discussion, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah. 
Brilliant. I don't ask you any more questions because I feel like we should be paying for this. I feel like, you know, you've given so much. Do you feel violated? <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, actually, I'm usually, I'm usually the one apologizing for, for going on too much. So don't worry about it. Um, honestly, and this is exactly what I was saying at the beginning, you know, um, you have to love what, what you're doing. You have to love the idea yeah. of sitting down in conversations like this and not even thinking, well, hold on. This is getting a little bit too far. I should be sending an invoice. Like, no. <laughs> like, you're giving me an opportunity to talk about something that I eat, sleep, live, breathe. I absolutely love talking about. I love doing. And I don't foresee ever not loving talking about that stuff. And it just so happens that there is a place where I talk about this stuff more and where I turn that talk and that interest into courses and materials and you can pay if you want to go get that or you can go to another place where i talk about this stuff um and you can subscribe to the podcast where i'm talking about it or do you know what i mean it's just it's all the same it's just me talking teaching loving what yeah. i'm doing Wait, so, so yeah so you won't be getting billed for this <laughs> oh good <laughs> it's a good job you do like talking about it though because there's so exactly. much demand for it and it's not it's not going to go away. So it's, no, it's, and it's yeah, a huge, it's, it's a huge topic. As we were saying before, that that modifier yeah. for whoever, for whatever, like if if that's the only thing people start thinking about doing, you know, if you're serving a, a very specific audience, or there's a part of your current audience where you would love it if every job you've got, every project you've got was just those kind of people. So maybe it's, yeah. you know, got Mark Asquith in the chat. Maybe it's podcasters. You know, if you love that world, mm -hmm. just like serve those guys. It, it, rather than hoping that everyone who comes into your world just so happens to fit this ideal of master, accountant, marketer, yeah. artist, Female entrepreneur, male entrepreneur, although, yeah, I think niching down as someone who only works with men is probably not a good idea in this environment. But, you know, <laughs> like lean into that a little bit. Start writing articles, you know, um, 10 ways accountants can do X rather than just 10 ways you can do X. Start talking to the audience that you yeah. would ideally love to serve exclusively. Yeah, it's kind of endless, really, isn't it? You can go on and exactly. on with it. Definitely. So there's a number of different ways people can um, listen to you, read what you write and you, isn't there? Do you just want to let people know the main places? Yes. Yeah, so if you want to um, check us out, head over to themembershipguys.com. That is where we blog, where we've got two awesome podcasts and a whole bunch of free resources. If you're thinking about like checking out our membership, right? Think check out the free stuff first, honestly, because you know it may be that you can't tolerate the idea of having to listen to my voice for one moment longer. In which case, you're probably not going to enjoy our membership. So head to themembershipguys.com, check out our podcast and all of that. We've got a free Facebook group. If you search in Facebook for membership mastermind, or if you type talk memberships into your browser, that will redirect you to the right place. And then finally, we do all our best stuff inside membersiteacademy.com. There we go. That's a long list of stuff. <laughs> such a variety for people to choose from. Yes. It? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Honestly, I, I mean it genuinely when I say there's some real, um, just real 
good answers in there, real nuggets good. of information. I'm glad. Because, yeah, really, it, really it, yeah, it's 50-50. Anytime you start an interview like that, it's 50-50 whether you're going to get complete gibberish or whether you're going to get the good stuff. So I'm glad that you got the good <laughs> stuff today. <laughs> Brilliant. We got you on a good day then. Yes. <laughs> Brill. Well, thanks so much, Mike. It's and, my pleasure. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Mike. This podcast is part of the You Are The Media Network. For more content marketing advice, head to hotcontent.co.uk. Why not join the Hot Content Marketing Group on Facebook too? Come and meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.